sister, praise God. Why, my hand, I broke my finger. Praise God, bro. My finger, man. I think I broke it. <laughs> God bless you, sister. God bless you, Pastor. <laughs> bless you. Bless you, bro. Praise the Lord, bro. Devin. <laughs> good, good, good. Yeah, awesome, man. You? Man, I'm so glad you're here, bro. Thank you. I mean it, man. I'm glad to be back. Yeah, I'm glad you're here, man. Keep trucking. I'm going to try. That's right. That's right. And keep on keep on plugging away, man. Amen. There's a lot more benefits this, this way. For me and my Absolutely. Whether they're here or not, it's well, they will be eventually. Yes, I'm thinking. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, bro. Absolutely. My, you know, my, my girl's son, eight-year-old, has been really interested in learning about the Lord. And, like, uh, I don't know if I mentioned it yesterday, but, like, the Mormons have been coming by mm -hmm. and stuff. So my girlfriend allowed me to come in and talk to the kids. And they, they were, like, kids themselves, you know, but they didn't answer no questions of an eight-year-old. And I, I just I stayed away from the whole situation. Mm -hmm. But um, her son's really interested in wanting to know about God, Great year old. And so I was wondering if maybe uh, that if, you, if there's an extra, like, uh, maybe children's Bible, like like with like pictures or something. Yeah, we'll figure something out. So I can get something so I can sure. interact with it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We don't really have very much to interact on. Like, yeah, cause, yeah. Because he's kind of like, like a bully or, or yeah. Or, not, like a better word, just right, 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 right. siblings and right. stuff, and I, and I have a hard time being compassionate and nice to him when he has that type of behavior. Yeah. So it makes yeah. me not even want to deal with him. So me and him aren't as close, but the other little ones are just sweethearts. Yeah. But but I want to like build something with him. Okay. Yeah, yeah. We'll we'll fix we'll you up. Okay. Thank you. Hey Amen. All right. Party time's over. Amen. If we could make our way back to our seats. Thank you, Jesus. Amen, amen, amen. Isn't it nice to be amongst the people of God? Praise God, praise God. We're going to stand real quick, and then I'm going to have you seated. I don't have a scripture. Uh, I just want us to pray for this message today. And we're going to be talking about walking with Jesus. Walking with Jesus. Uh, Lord Jesus, Father, I thank you, Lord. I thank you, Lord. I thank you, Lord. God, help us, God, to identify God. Identify the road that you're traveling, God, and help us, God, to, to hold on to your hand, Lord, as you lead us and you guide us, God. I ask you, God, to anoint these lips of clay, God. And God, I ask you to bless your people. Help us to receive with our minds and to allow it to Again, God, filter into our hearts, God, so 
It can change the way we look at things. It can change the way we walk. It can change the way we act, God. Only your word can do this, Lord. And I thank you, Lord, in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. You may be seated. Praise God. Amen. If a person is is trying to change from who they are into what Jesus wants them to become, What is the key to unlocking this door of change? You ever ask yourself that? How do I get beyond the door, this barricade, this barrier, and walk into a life of peace, a life of joy, a life of victory? Well, in order to walk differently, I think a person has to think differently. You see, this new way of thinking, this new mindset, enables him or her to walk in a different way, a different path, having a different view of life. The church, the body of Christ, the body of believers does not have to view life through fear and anxiety, which by the way is created by the world that we live in, the world that surrounds us, praise God. I think in the middle of a world of turmoil, the church needs to look up. Why? Because the Bible says our redemption draweth nigh. Amen. That's exciting. That's something that I look forward to. Amen. I look forward to looking at Jesus face to face, amen, and him telling me, well done, my good and faithful servant. You see, it's God's desire. Hear me now. It's God's desire according to Mark chapter 12 and verse 30 that the church should focus its attention on maintaining a heart, a mind, and 
a lifestyle that pleases God. A heart and a mind and a lifestyle that pleases God. If you have not already done so, you need to declare war on your sin consciousness. Declare war on the things that try to stop you from serving God the way that God wants you to serve him. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 4 and 5 says this. It says, for the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they're mighty through God. There's power in the word of God to the pulling down of strongholds. And this is where we get tripped up. Casting down imaginations. Anybody ever have imaginations? Imaginations which can be images of things being conceived in your mind or a thought being birthed. It's a conception. It's something that's trying to be birthed Contrary to the will of God, contrary to the pattern of God, contrary to what God is trying to produce in your life and in my life. These imaginations, if you will, are things that continually, everyone say continually, continually try to exalt itself against the knowledge of God, against the word of God, against the will of God, and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. That's what God's word does for you. That's what God's word does for me, praise God. When these thoughts, amen, these things that rise up in my mind and in my life, praise God. These barriers, amen, that try to stop me from serving God, amen. The Bible says if I allow the word of God to penetrate my mind and my heart, amen, it's gonna change the way I look. It's gonna change the way I walk. It's gonna change my actions. It's going to produce something within this old boy. And there's going to be a birth, all right, but it's not going to be a birth that the world gives me, praise God. It's going to be a birthing, amen, a spiritual manifestation of God's power in my life. I don't have to live with fear and anxiety. I don't have to live a depressed life, amen. God promises me a life of peace, a life of joy, a life of victory. I remember years ago, amen, I remember the day that I received the Holy Ghost. Praise God. What an awesome day that was. Amen. Jesus was birthed into my life. Amen. And on that day, I knew where God saved me. Nothing could affect me. I knew I was right. I knew I was forgiven. Praise God. I was glowing with joy. But then, but then God wore off. I found myself Thinking, amen, man, 
I wish, amen, I could feel like that again, praise God. We need to declare war on that mindset, praise God. God is the same yesterday, today, and forever, praise God. God will never leave you nor forsake you, amen. God is always by your side. Now, I found the... I have found that the only way that I can accomplish this onslaught of the enemy, praise God, this onslaught of attacks is to continually walk with Jesus, amen. Jesus wants to give us, amen, a life of peace, amen. This was God's plan from the very start, amen. His initial plan was to allow his creation to experience pleasures and blessings that only he can give, praise God. In the Bible, Genesis chapter 1 and 28, the Bible says that God blessed them. And God said unto them, listen to this, be fruitful. What a blessing. The very first thought that God wanted to do is he wanted to bless us by being fruitful and multiply, replenish the earth, subdue it, have dominion or power over the fish and over the sea and over the fowl of the air and over every living thing that moves upon the earth. And God said, behold, I have given you everything bearing seed which is upon the face of the earth. This is the blessings that God had given us. These are the provisions that God has supplied for us. And every tree in which the fruit of the tree yielding seed to you, it shall be meat. And so in Genesis 2 and 15, praise God, the Bible says, And the Lord God took man, and he put man into this place called paradise, amen. When God birthed into your life, amen, the spirit of Christ, amen, God transitioned you from a world of chaos, a world of suffering, amen, to the Garden of Eden, a spiritual garden, amen, where you can enjoy the blessings of God and the provisions of God. He put him in that garden to dress it and to keep it. And then the Lord commanded the man, praise God, saying of every tree of the garden, you may freely eat. What a blessing. God created you with a blessing. God created you to enjoy life Praise God. God created you to enjoy pleasure, amen. The pleasures of life are for you, my friend, and are for me, praise God. God loved you so much, amen. He didn't want you to live a life, amen, where it's all, woe is me. No, 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 my friend. God created you to give you a life of blessings. What an awesome God, we serve, amen. But it didn't take long, amen, till man took his eyes off God, praise God, and he opened the door to sin. 
What a tragedy. Ever since that day, amen, ever since sin first entered onto the scene, problems and worries have plagued mankind. When the church was founded in Philippi, in Philippi they experienced problems. They experienced worries, amen. And Paul, amen, in the prison that he wrote this letter was admonishing the church, amen, even though from a natural perspective, Paul had his own problems. He still encouraged those that were struggling, praise God, just because we're struggling in life, just because things don't go right in life, amen, doesn't mean that you can't be an encouragement to somebody else. Paul remained optimistic. Paul remained joyful. He believed, amen, that Jesus Christ, amen, could reverse the cloud that he lived under. You see, even when we are in storms of depression, praise God, storms of fear, storms of turmoil, praise God, we can live a life that glorifies God. I said we can live a life that glorifies God, amen. When the church, amen, you and me, the body of believers, rejoice in the Lord, the church elevates herself above these worldly storm clouds. You ought not to be affected by the storms of this world, praise God. You are not to allow the storms to diminish, amen, God's joy in your life. You need, to, you need to step beyond that, praise God. You need to get rid of that sin consciousness, amen. You need to get rid of that old voice, amen, which is the devil, amen, that's telling you that you ain't no good, that's telling you that you can't make it. I'm telling you, amen, as your pastor, you can make it. You will make it, but you've got to rejoice in the Lord. You've got to elevate yourself. Above these worldly storm clouds, praise God. Near the end of his letter in Philippians chapter 4 and 4, Paul encourages the church to continually rejoice. That's one of the keys. That's the key to entering, entering into this dimension, praise God, of joy, praise God. You got to step beyond your situation. You got to step beyond your storm clouds, praise God. There's a dimension that God has for you. It's a dimension of joy. It's a dimension of peace. It's a dimension of gratitude. Yes, it is, my friend. There are times, amen, when I walked into a service, amen, worn out from the cares of this life, worn out from the world, praise God. But as I gave myself over to Jesus Christ, amen, I found myself in a dip, different atmosphere, praise God. No longer were the storm clouds there, praise God. And as I began to worship God, and as I began to rejoice to God, amen, I left energized. Why? Because rejoicing. Rejoicing removes the storm clouds. Do you believe that? Rejoicing removes the storm clouds, praise God. We should not allow any, say any, say any again. 
any circumstances to paralyze us from walking into the calling of God. Sometimes we can have the deer in the headlight look, praise God. I don't know what to do. I'm afraid, amen. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world, praise God. Should not allow any circumstances to paralyze us from walking in God's calling. This includes people that can affect our walk, people that don't know Jesus Christ. Think that it doesn't happen? There are people that don't know God. And there are people that will come against you, my friend, and they don't realize sometimes what they're doing, praise God. And maybe they do, but it doesn't matter, praise God, because God has given you a perspective, amen, to look at an individual that's causing you trouble. And it is my job, and it is your job, amen, to point them to Jesus Christ. But if we're being profane in our communication, amen. If we're babbling in our, communi our communication toward them, what opportunity are we going to have? What kind of testimony is that? Hebrews chapter 12. Brother Joe, I gave that to you, I believe. I'm going to be starting at verse 11. Listen to this. It says, no discipline. Discipline comes in various ways. Sometimes God will allow us to be disciplined by outside sources. Sometimes God will remove the barriers of your life. You think that it doesn't happen? Go talk to Job. It does happen, praise God. God will remove some barriers in your life, amen. And God will allow some things, amen, to penetrate just to see what you're made of, praise God. God knows what you're made of, but he wants you to know what you're made of. It says no discipline. This is the NIV. Seems pleasant at the time. Doesn't feel good. It's painful. Later on, however, it produces a harvest of righteousness and peace for those who have been trained by it. That's powerful. Therefore, strengthen your feeble arms and weak knees. Praise God. Make every or make level paths for your feet so that the lame, listen to this, so that the lame may not be disabled but rather healed. Those that can't walk right, those that have a hard time walking, those that are spiritually crippled, praise God. It gives us an open door, an opportunity to help them, praise God. It says in verse 14, make every effort to live in peace with everyone, with everybody. And to be holy, keep yourself separated. Don't get involved, amen, in that atmosphere. Don't get involved in those storm clouds, amen. Don't let it affect your walk, amen, because God is going to open a door for you, amen, to testify to somebody. But they're not going to listen to you if you allow the storm clouds to affect your walk. 
It's not going to happen. He goes on to say, rather be healed. Make every effort to live in peace with everyone and to be holy. Without holiness, no one will see the Lord. Now watch this. Verse 15 says, see to it. It's your responsibility. It's my responsibility that no one falls short of the grace of God, of the power of God, of what God has for them, of what God is trying to do in their life through you, and that no bitter root grows up to cause trouble and defile many. It's so easy to get caught up in somebody else's problems. But if you will separate yourself and be ye holy, saith the Lord, you will walk with power and the grace of God will flow through you. And you, my friend, will be effective when you are witnessing to somebody else. Another version says, look after each other so that none of you fails to receive the grace of God. Not only is the power of God not going to be effective in their life, but guess what? It also diminishes what God is trying to do in your life as well. How do we do that? Well, it's looking outside of ourselves. Looking outside of ourselves really means looking outside of the body, which is the church, and reaching for those that give you trouble and are lost. They're lost. They don't know God. They don't have a relationship with God, amen. And if you, my friend, are the conduit, amen, that, 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 that God wants to use, amen, why do you allow yourself to diminish the power of God when he tries to flow through your life? Sometimes a little hurt, sometimes a little pain will do you good, amen. Why? Because God is trying to remove some things from within you. Trying to remove some things from within me. Remember, my friend, God created you. God created you with a purpose, amen. God created you. That means God is the alpha and the omega, amen. He is the beginning. He is the ending. He is the first. He is the last. And when he created you, he saw your life from the very start to the very end, praise God. He knows everything you're going to go through, praise God. And he has given you a purpose and he's empowered you to fulfill that purpose. And that happens when we look outside of ourselves. When we look outside of ourselves, we understand that God not only created me, amen, but he created the, the person, amen, that you are witnessing. He created everybody with a purpose. And so it is our duty, my duty and your duty, to create, <laughs> to create 
an atmosphere, amen, where the rain of the Spirit of God can be poured on an individual, on an individual, amen, and they can envision their purpose like we are envisioning our purpose and now fall short of God's grace by our bad actions. Sometimes, sometimes, amen, you, me, both of us, we strive to accomplish so much to get ahead in life. But Jesus taught that we should not be overcome by the necessities of life. For God knows our needs. And Paul noted that the church should be careful for nothing. Everyone say, be careful for nothing. Instead of permitting our minds to be overcome with the cares of this life in every situation, we must make known our request to God. God just wants us to approach him. God just wants us to ask him, praise God. And when we open the door to worries, our Lord, uh, our walk in the Lord becomes strained. It's so much harder to pray when you're worried. It's so much harder to, to, to approach God when things are happening. It ought not to be that way. That should be, do you know why we go through pain? Do you know why pain comes in your life? The reason why pain comes in your life, the reason why God allows pain in your life is so we will approach him. It draws us to God. How many, of us, how many of us approached God before God found us, amen, and said, I want a relationship? No, it's when you were struggling. It's when you were going through pain. It's when you needed something that was out of your control. See, we need to walk like Jesus walked. Jesus said in Luke chapter 10, verse 42, one thing is needful, and Mary hath chosen that good part which shall not be taken away from her. Mary's focus was finding the source of true strength, amen, true strength which could only be found at Jesus, amen, true worship, amen. She was not going to leave the feet of Jesus, amen. If anybody was going to change her perspective, if anyone was going to change her walk, amen, it had to be Jesus. And so could it be that this story is implying that I want to walk in the steps of Jesus. I want to hold his feet. I want to touch him, praise God. Nothing should be more valuable than Jesus Christ. He should be our priority, church. You see, when our walk is right, peace is manifested. It's manifested in our attitudes. It's manifested in our lifestyle, praise God. The position of our heart is extremely important for in it lies the center of who we are and what we pursue. Who we are. What we pursue. 
what's important. Therefore, we are to keep our hearts, the Bible says, with all diligence. Why? For out of it comes the issues of life. And as Paul's execution closed in on him, he reminded Timothy that God hath not given us a spirit of fear. Paul was a master of circumstances. Paul was a master, amen, of things that, that he went through. When storm clouds came, Paul knew, amen, Jesus is on the throne, amen. And if I've got to go through some things to benefit somebody else, then so be it. That's why he, was, he had comfort, amen, at his execution, amen, because his relationship with Jesus Christ, his relationship. He said God had not given us, he included him, he included us, the spirit of fear, but a power and of love and of a sound mind, praise God. Power, love, and of a sound mind. While a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways, the power to obtain a peaceful mind is given to those who focus and trust in the Lord. The Bible says God will keep us in perfect peace if our mind is focused on him. Why? Because we trust in him. Does anybody in this place trust Jesus today? You see, it's really obvious that Paul was admonishing the Philippians to reconstruct their thinking patterns. Everyone say reconstruct. What does reconstruct mean? It means to rebuild, to refashion, to fortify what God is putting in. You see, he outlined, Paul outlined the kind of things we should employ in our thoughts as well as their thoughts, praise God, in order to resist influences of worldly thinking. It's true, praise God, we do live in a wicked world. We do live in a corrupt society, praise God. But that ought not to change, amen, how we love God and how we approach God and how we live for God. We're not careful. We'll be drawn in by the beautiful picture of idolatry, the beautiful picture of corruption, the picture of sexual perversion, violence, and greed. But all of this only leads to one place, praise God. Therefore, Paul taught the, the Philippians to shun evil, run away from it, by concentrating on things that are good and righteous and edifying or building you up, praise God, reconstructing your mind and your habits, creating a true walk with Jesus by following the steps found in Philippians chapter 4 and verse 8. He says, finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, Whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of a good report, there be any virtue, there be any praise, think 
on these things. You want to get to heaven. You want to stay away from worldly influences. Paul is saying, think on these things. God's word, amen, doesn't change. It worked 2,000 years ago. It'll work today. It'll work today. When we think about things that are true, get ready for a fight. Why? Because truth conflicts with things that are false. And you say it's human nature to do things contrary to truth, contrary to spiritual things that will, that will uh, help you, praise God. If we're not sure whether something is worth thinking about, Paul made it clear that we should occupy our minds with virtuous and praiseworthy things. Sometimes we hit a bump in the road. I get it. I understand that. I understand there's bumps in the road. I understand it. And sometimes we hit that bump, hey man, and it's it it knocks your vehicle out of alignment, hey man. And from there on your car seems to rattle a little bit, and you're not back in the same place you used to be. But God says, take it back to the mechanic shop. Go back to the word of God. God will realign your vehicle. He will help you to get back on track. It'll be but before a minute, praise God. But you allow God to work on your behalf, amen. And everything's going to be all right. But you got to be willing. You got to be willing to trust God. You got to be willing to get in that car, amen, and you got to be willing to take it down. You got to invest in driving it, amen, to the, to the auto parts place. You got to invest in the mechanic that wants to fix your vehicle. There's a principle here, a powerful principle. If we walk toward things that are spiritually healthy for us, then that means we are walking away from other things that are unhealthy for our spiritual man. In 2 Timothy 3, 14, it says, hold to the things that you have learned of which you are convinced I know you believe in God. I know you have faith. I know you've hit bumpy roads. So have I. But I've learned, amen, to return back to those things and hold on to them. Knowing who you learn them from. And then he says, and from a childhood, from your childhood when you first came into the church, 
and you were birthed into the kingdom of God. You started brand new. You were a baby. You were a child. You were a young kid, amen. And as you begin to develop in the church, amen, God began to deal with you, and God began to instill things in your life that helped you grow, amen. He fed you with nutrition, the things of the word, milk and meat, the Bible says. These are things that helped us grow in the word of God. Things from your childhood. You have to have a knowledge and have to be acquainted with the word, it says, which is able to instruct you. Instruction, amen. Instruct, it's an inward working of God's word in your lives as Jesus is building our new man. It's an inward work. In is inside. It's inward. And he's building you up, amen. Don't stop the process. Don't stop short on God. Let him finish the work. It's good, and it's clean, and it's virtuous, and it's praiseworthy of him. It's praiseworthy. As Jesus is giving you the understanding of salvation, which comes through faith in Christ, through leaning on God. How do we do that? The Bible tells us through absolute trust and confidence in his power, in his grace, in his wisdom, in his understanding, in his goodness. Every scripture is God-breathed, given by his inspiration, and is profitable. He's willing to invest something in you, and it's profitable for instruction. There's that word again. For reproof. In conviction of sin, for correction of error, realignment. Everyone say realignment. Realignment. Don't be afraid to go through the process of being realigned. If your back gets out of joint, you're not going to walk like that the rest of your life. You're going to go to a chiropractor and you're going to have to realign your bones so you can walk straight. And God's word is going to do that same thing. He's going to realign you. He's going to allow you to get back on track, praise God. But sometimes it takes, praise God, correction, a change in your pathway, a change from where you were going to where God is leading you to. Going back to get a full tune-up. And for training and righteousness and holy living in conformity or adapting, praise God, to God's will in thought, in purpose, in action, praise God. Everyone say that in thought, in purpose, in action, amen. Why? So the man of God may be complete and proficient, well-fitted, praise God. In other words, the clothes that you struggled to put on because you are carrying so much weight now fits, praise God. Everyone, praise God, is tailor-made in the kingdom of God. 
God is your designer. He has a way, amen, of fitting you correctly, praise God. Isn't God awesome? And he personalizes every stitch for you and for me. Every stitch, my friend, for you and for me. And it finishes off by saying, and thoroughly equipped for every good work. All the trials, all the things that we have to go through is something we need to rejoice in because God has an ulterior motive. Mm, 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 mm. To help you not only be effective towards somebody else by your testimony, but to allow you to be strengthened in the kingdom of God. So God can say to you, well done, well done, thy good and faithful servant. Let's stand. Can we just raise our hands? Can we just take a minute just to love him? Father, I praise you, Jesus. Father, I thank you, Jesus. God, change my mind. Change my heart, God. Allow me, God, to become something more than what I am today, God. Conform me by your word, God. Transform my mind and my thoughts, oh God. Don't let me be the same person. Strengthen me, oh God. Strengthen me, oh God. I pray for the people of God. I pray for the people of God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. facing storm clouds today. You've gotten off track a little bit. And we all have. Why don't you come and realign yourself with God's will and God's purpose? In Jesus' name. These altars are open.